chapter 14, Romans 14 this evening. I would love to preach on something near the topic of maybe what we shared this morning. I love truth like that when we talk about praise to God, but there's a lot of subjects in God's Word and we need every one of them and we are led, strongly led sometimes in certain subjects. So we're going to talk about walking charitably tonight. And when I say walking charitably, I'm not talking about giving to a cure for cancer or Jerry's kids or anything like that. It's uh, We have something else in mind as we consider walking charitably, if you're there in Romans chapter 14. To get started, there's a, there was a man named Alfred Noble, and he was a Swedish physicist, and he created dynamite. He had really good intentions when Alfred created the dynamite. He simply wanted to, com- to create an explosive that could move rock and moved objects out of the way as roads were built, or he used the dynamite and he planned to create this dynamite when someone wanted to build a building, the dynamite could easily get stuff out of the way. It made life easier. You know, I've used an axe and I've used a chainsaw, both. And the chainsaw really makes life easier. And that was his plan for the dynamite. And it worked according to what he created it for. The problem is people took his creation of dynamite and used it for destructive purposes, for killing and for making war. This made Alfred Noble so depressed that his invention was used in such a harmful way to others that he took nine million dollars and he put it in an account and it went out as rewards for those who would uh, promote peace in some huge way. And that's where we got the Nobel Peace Prize. And as we think about ourselves as children of God and the liberty that you and I have as Christians, we can know the Word of God, we can know what's right and wrong, and we can have peace in life as we live and do the things that we do. We have a freedom that has been given to us. It was It's a good thing, but just as that dynamite, our freedom can be used in very harmful ways to others, but not if we're walking charitably, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight, because as children of God, we can build each other up, and as children of God, we can tear each other down. We help one another, and sometimes we hurt one another within our church family.
I believe we would probably all agree that we want to edify one another rather than extinguish one another. I'm sure that everyone in here wants to have a life that builds up the people of God, that is a benefit and is good for God's church. You know, and but there are so many things that you and I could be divided over. I really appreciate our differences that we have because God uses a variety of variety of people in his work to do many different things. But our differences and the way we think being different, it can sometimes divide us. The church at Corinth had divisions among them. There are so many things that you and I could bicker over concerning what's right and wrong. And people through the years have argued and argued and argued and debated over what is right and what is wrong. And this is okay and this is not okay. And there's been this legalistic pile of whatever that has been created over such things. We could just go ahead and divide into different groups in the church over it if we wanted to. We could go ahead and set everyone in this section of the church over here that believes in this category things that all this is okay. And we could put another section here that believes against that. And then a whole new group of things. We could put them over here and we could have, let's say, four divisions in the church. That's not what God wants. That's not pleasing to God that's not okay so on the other hand we could follow the Lord's plan on how a church can live in harmony with one another though having our own convictions our own likes our own dislikes our preferences of various things in life what do we do about these things and the decisions that we make in life. We could continue to debate over them. We could divide over them. Or we could judge. And when I say judge, I'm talking about the solution to these things. There are some judgments that you and I can make. I invite you to Romans chapter 14, and we're going to go ahead and begin in verse 14, which says, I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself concerning the decisions we make and the actions we take in life, the lifestyle we live, and the things that we do, the things that we make decisions on for our life constantly, we need to see what God says about it. We need to go 
to the Word of God. We must go to God's Word before we make decisions looking for the answer. We must go submissively. We must humble ourselves before God's Word. We should go without any preconceived ideas. We should not let our desires try to sway us when we go to God's Word on decisions we want to make in life and things that we want to do. We need to see what God clearly says about it. We want to desire to be right before God in what we do and what we do not do. If we can't clearly find the command, find the scripture for the answer that we need, you dig a little deeper and you look through God's word and there are so many principles that you will adopt under the commands that God gives and and you can figure out by God's word what decision you could make, should make about this or about that. There are principles that we will learn. There is, there is nothing in God's word that tells you do not jump off of a building, but you're not going to do that. And there are many other things that we, that we understand, uh, in God's word though, that we do and that we do not do. And to go to God to find out what God says about something, this is the first thing that you and I should do. You should do that before you go to your pastor. You can even do that, and and I would invite you to do that before you go to your parents. I would definitely invite you to go to God's Word to see what God says about something, definitely before you go to your peers. God's Word has an answer for you, And we must go to it and we must go to it first and find out what God says about it. Judge your ideas, judge your plans before God's holy word. Will you do that? But not only do we see that one judgment in verse 14 we need to make, one way we need to judge, there's something else that we see in verse 14. It says, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. After finding out all you can in God's word to help you with the decision that you make, and after your close fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ in your venture to make the right decision, not only do you need to consider what does God say about it, but what do you say about it? I mean, what do you say about it after being in God's Word? What do you say about it after spending time with God? I'm talking about, I'm talking about being sure of what you're going to do. Do you have peace within your heart absolutely that that what you are doing or can do is okay? Are you convinced within as the Apostle Paul who said he was fully persuaded about something? Um, I mean, what you want to do and how you view the decision before you, is it okay for you to say yes to? Is the Holy Spirit giving you liberty to fulfill your desire? Are you looking to be impacted by faith? Or are you really just wanting to so easily 
cave into your own feelings. What does God say about what you want to do? What do you truly say about what you want to do? We need to be sure of this. Because it's not good on the conscience to bulldoze our mind through the heaviness of conviction, through the hindrance to do something that the Holy Spirit will put upon us. It is, it is not good to sear our conscience. It is not good to go against what God would have us to do. And, and, and if we just have a troubled feeling within that just maybe it's not right, it is time to pause. It is time to stop and reconsider. And it, it is time to wait. Are you sure within you about what you want to do? I'll tell you a sign, a sign that that there's a problem. And that is when we have this this desire within us and we want to do something and all of a sudden there's this urgency, all of a sudden... I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I just need to do it now. I just need to give it out of the way. Too many people. I, I just want to do it. Urgency is a sign that you are not sure within yourself. And God did not make you sure about what you want to do. What does God have to say about it? What do you have to say about it? A lot of Christians do those two things. A lot do. And others say that they do these things because it's easy to throw a blanket over a situation that we say is between us and God to someone else. Oh, yes, I have peace with God that this is okay. I have peace with God that I can do this. It, it, is, it is so easily said that, that we're, we, we got alone with God and, and he said, this is all right. You know, it's astonishing what people say that, that God gave them permission in their heart to do when his, and, and they want to really convince someone else of it when the word of God says something completely different. What does God say about it? What do we have to say about it? Those two things I believe a lot of people have, but we're not through. There's, there's three steps in this. Scripture gives them to us. God gives them to us. And the third one is, what do others say about it? Verse 15. But if thy brother... Be grieved with thy meat. How walk now walkest thou not charitably? Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Let me go ahead and go back to verse 13. And we're going to include this one. It says, let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. 
there's another way that sinless things become sinful. And that is when you have searched the Scriptures to see what God says about it, and you have said you're sure about what you say about it, and maybe you are sure, and maybe this is something that is completely not wrong, talking about our everyday decisions we make about everyday life and lifestyle and things of that nature, but we've got to get to this third thing, and we must consider this if we are going to walk in love toward others. When we make a decision on something we've searched the Scriptures over and ourselves... It's pretty easy to do the third one. It's pretty easy to, to know and to consider what the family of God thinks about it and what the family of God might have to say about it. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to the, the Christian that is committed to their church family. I'm talking about the one that, I tell you what, I, I see things in members that bless my heart here in this church. I see members in this church, and I believe the Lord's church is, is more important than your job. It should be, but, but praise God, it is. And I, I believe that, and I, I see that. And, and for circumstances beyond your control, the Lord's church is, is more important than, I mean, it just takes up more time than family time. And, and, and that's beyond your control sometimes. Sometimes family members are distant, not around. But, but this is your very close family. And so, so I've got to ask the member that is, that is committed to the church tonight. When we make decisions over something, do we consider what others say about it? Because God has included this for you and I as Christians in our decision making. If we're going to walk in love with our brothers and sisters in Christ, we are going to have this limitation on the way that we live. We are going to consider our church family. We are going to consider how they might feel about something in our lives. It is going to be important to us what we do and how we affect God's people. The world says, it's my business what I do, and if you don't like it, tough. The Christian who walks charitably says, I'm committed to the family of God, and I'm willing for it to cost me on some of my preferences and desires if it will hurt, grieve, or cause the ones I love to stumble. Even if it's all right, or even if it's possibly all right, but but some or many think it's not. I'm concerned about hurting my church family. I want to walk charitably before the people of God. Those are three steps that are, I mean, this clears up a lot. This helps us a lot. This helps us concerning debate. This helps us concerning division. And it gets rid of so much 
when we will simply seek what does God say about it? What do we surely say about it? What do others? What do others say about it? Let's look at the results of this in verses 17 and 18. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. First of all, let me tell you what the results will not be when you consider God's three things that he has given us here. There will not be a legalistic critical battle among God's people when we do those things. There will not be an on edge guard up justifying in, in an attack on in debate over what we do, we will not be battling to convict one another of something whenever we all take care of these three things. When we make these three judgments, we won't promote division. We will promote righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost in God's church. Harmony and tranquility in the house of God. Look, it is never a small matter when we offend one of God's people. It is never a small matter with God when we do some damage to someone, to anyone in God's church. He takes that really, really seriously. But when we walk charitably, this is pleasing to God. That still amazes me. The sinner I was and am, and God saved me. I didn't acknowledge Him for so long, and He saved me, and He lets me live for him and do and 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 I it's just amazes me the possibility that that I would surrender myself to let him work through me that I might be able to please him and that goes for all of us you and I can please God and he has told us how we can please him and the way he tells us that we can please him it is opposite to our very thoughts, our very ideas, our very own flesh that still lingers in you and I. I was taught coming up in the Lord that whatever you want to do, you probably need to do the opposite. That's just the simple, straightforward way that I was taught. And I tell you what, it's made a lot of sense. It's really true because I know what we are and we are not like God. We desperately need to make these three judgments for the glory of God, for the harmony in his church, to be able to please God, not only to please God, but to be stamped with approval from our brothers and sisters 
in Christ, stamped with, with permissible, stamped with being approved by them, stamped with, with just, just an approval from your fellow Christians when you demonstrate a Christ-like consideration for others. And that is the death of debate and the death of division that can happen in God's church. The church at Philippi was having problems with division. And Paul wrote to him saying, for all seek their own, not the things which are Christ's. But when we do, we create harmony in God's church. I tell you, no matter how we may want to, on the surface, feel about this, this pleases God. There's things that please us, I know. But that's not near as important. This pleases God when we do these three things. So if we haven't already done these, let's, let's make this new plan. Let's look at this new plan continually in verses 19, 20, and 21. It says, let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and the things wherewith one may edify another. For meat destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. Pursuing peace, brothers and sisters, pursuing peace, church, it is so much more important than our personal pleasures, than our personal desires, I guarantee you something that you and I will fulfill a much better, happier, joyful life by arranging our lives to build up God's people instead of fulfilling everything on our bucket list and doing everything that we desire to do. If we are going to live a surrendered life to God, we're going to be committed to the children of God, and we won't unnecessarily offend the family. We will not cause the saints to stumble, and we won't weaken the worshiper who is sitting beside us. As I thought about this and this point where I was, thought maybe it might be a good time to make a few things clear before everybody goes scratching everything off their list of hobbies that they like to do. We're talking about a sincere, a sincere, sensitive situation before God. What someone truly believes might be wrong before God and what we would do to them about it. Because we could just try to make up a crazy list. Um, I could, I'm sure I could pick a lot of people out here. Um, I, I bet Ethan likes to deer hunt. You like to hunt deer? Yeah. You, do you shoot them? You, do you kill them when you shoot them? You, yeah. Yeah. 
Ethan likes to shoot deer, everyone. Guess what? I have a wife over here, and she loves deer. She loves living deer. She likes them alive. She likes to see them. She, she would like to be able to have a pet deer just, just come on up in the backyard and eat a banana out of her hand or something. She, she'd like that. She doesn't like it that people shoot deer. Ethan, she probably doesn't like it that you shoot deer, brother. But she is not spiritually offended by that. She does not think it is wrong before God to shoot a deer. Now, do you? You don't, do you? Well, I shouldn't have asked that. She doesn't. She doesn't. She doesn't think it's wrong to shoot it. She doesn't think that it is wrong for a Christian to shoot a deer. Okay, so Ethan, keep on deer hunting. It's coming up soon. Go get you one. Go get you one with a big old rack. I'm not talking about every little thing we can come up with. This is this is something that is going to be very serious. And the people of God are going to be sincerely struck and offended by something. And it's going to hurt. And in these things, we need to be very careful, we need to be very considerate of our church family. We need to join in on this new plan, this new plan, if we haven't already. Shelly might go out there and try to give CPR to that deer that you, uh, that you, we have a class where you can learn that, I'm probably applicable to a deer, babe. Deer hunters, keep on hunting, but concerning other things. Well, let me read what Paul said in verse 21. It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. Shall we sacrifice for the one who may sincerely, spiritually stumble over something? Shall we very sensitively consider that? Because Paul, Paul liked to eat meat. And he liked to eat that meat that was offered to idols. He knew there wasn't a real God. And so he would go down to the shambles, which was the marketplace at that time. And he would, he would go and he would want to, he'd want to go ahead and buy that meat offered to idols. No big deal. There was absolutely nothing wrong with it. He could freely do that. But he absolutely refused to do that. Because of a, because of a baby Christian, because of, of another Christian who just thought it was wrong to do. He said, forget it. That's my desire. That's what I want to do. I know I could do it and be right with God, but I refuse to hurt my brother and hurt my sister in Christ. Now I haven't seen any Ground round offered to bail down at the Kroger lately. I haven't, I haven't seen, I haven't ever seen that. But you can fill in the blanks today 
I'm not going to make a list of it. That gets us right back to the problem of debate and division. I'm not going to make the list. I'll make my own list quietly to myself, and you might make yours quietly to yourself. And and may we go do these three things. What does God say about it? What do you surely peacefully say about it? What do others say about it? God says to judge what do others say about it before we do it. What's that decision we're going to make? I love the statement I hear from people sometime. I mean, I was going through this time and my church family was there for me. Are you there for your church family in this way? Because we could just say, forget it and walk carnally. Or we could walk charitably. Walk in love toward others. I tell you what, this is complete peace. This is how we walk in complete peace. Look at verses 22 and 23. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in the thing which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat. Because he eateth not of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Be sure of all things. Now, don't lose, don't lose yourself in what's right and what's wrong. Know what's right with God. Go to His Word. Know what is right and know what is wrong. Don't lose it whenever someone thinks something's wrong that isn't wrong. But just keep that special knowledge you have quiet between you and God. And walk sensitive with your brothers and your sisters. Live out. Live out what you know is right. Or maybe don't live out what you know is right. For the sake of the family of God. Has not our precious Lord Jesus Christ showed us sacrifice? This is a life of sacrifice for the Christian who loves the Lord's church. Who considers the Lord's church the preciousness of it above themselves. He has shown us sacrifice. It's for you and I. To walk sensitively before others. That's that's how God says we walk charitably. Before his people. Before his church. We're going to have a time of invitation. This is this is your about to be your time with God now. And I don't know what he may have in mind and what he's dealing with in your heart. I just hope. That we, I, I need to consider this message, you know, just like we all do. And I pray that we sincerely would, because I'm telling you, this is the well-being of the church. This is a church that is in harmony versus a church that is divided. When we are so full of love for each other that we are putting others above 
ourselves. And we, we do not want to damage each other. When we're part of the church, when one hurts, we all hurt. We don't, we don't want to be that way. Let us go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father God in heaven, we come before you tonight, dear God. I want to thank you, Lord, for your truth. I want to thank you, dear God, that, that your word leads us and your word guides us to, to not, not focus on ourselves and what we want. We, we focus more on others, Lord, and then you make us givers and you make us just sensitive to others and wanting the best for another. I thank you for, for the way to harmony and the way to unity in your precious church, Lord. May we consider this is your church. You're the leader of this church, Father. It belongs to you. Your presence is here with us. Change us, dear God, day by day. Change us, Lord, as, as you've saved us and you're setting us apart. And Lord, as we, as we take in this word tonight, this is a part of the sanctified life. May we humble ourselves before your word and surrender ourselves to you. And we'll show it in how sensitive we are to one another. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.